0: Hey everybody! God, what day is it? Sunday, the 30th of September. This is my Bellator 206 post-fight special. Thank you guys so much for watching. I greatly appreciate it. There we are. Yes, indeed. Oh, what will we get to? All of the wonderful results that happened today. If you can see here below, uh, please follow me on Twitter here. And if you want to get a question answered, you can donate in the super chat. It turns out I have crossed 50,000 subscriptions and it turns out that uh, I will get memberships added to this channel, but it's a beta thing. So they're rolling it out over time. Um, Speaking of that, let's see, uh, merch at the bottom of the video, give that a look. Uh, Please like the video, subscribe to the channel. If you don't want spoilers, Now's your time to go away. And, of course, this video is brought to you by the Beta Academy in Washington, D.C. If you're looking for a place to train, Muay Thai, Jiu-Jitsu, strength and conditioning, it's at 14th and Florida Northwest. It's where I train when I'm not traveling and uh, or injured. And give it a good look. You'll love it if you're in town. All right? Information for that is in the description box below. Uh, Bellator 206 has ended, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it has. So let's pull up the results and go over it. Plus, I want to talk a little bit about Dazone. <laughs> I've been pronouncing it like it's been written for all this time. I had someone write me being like, You know, it's pronounced Dazone, right? Being like, Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Captain Obvious, for telling me that. Um, in any event, I heard a lot of different things about the Dazone app. I heard some people being like, Oh my God, it was perfect. I had, it was a little gl- a little glitchy for me for the Joshua Provetkin fight, but I watched it on my app, on my TV. Uh, I watched Bellator 205 on it the night before and it was flawless. I watched it tonight on my in my office and it was a disaster, complete disaster. So I've had a number of different experiences. We'll get to that a little bit later. Okay, all right, here we go. Bellator uh, 206 took place at the SAP Center, where else? Uh, in San Jose, California, we don't have any information yet in terms of gate or attendance. Attendance looked um, good, but not great. You'll notice that the lower bowl was full, but. Uh, on, pull this out. Hang on. Get rid of this, please. Here we are. Yes. You'll notice that the lower bowl was full, but the uh, house lights were not showing the upper bowl. Which usually tells you that it is um, either A, the Upper Bowl didn't sell, or B, that they purposely didn't try to sell it so as to fill the Lower Bowl. And then as that fills over time, then they open up tickets for the Upper Bowl. I don't really know without any figures. I I can't say. It just didn't look like it was um, full. Anyway, uh, bottom part looked like it was full. But the upper part, not, not so much. Doesn't matter. Um... There's, a, there's rumors going around that DAZN is paying Bellator $5 million per show. So, I don't think they really give a fuck. If it, I mean, they want to sell tickets, obviously. But if it sells or if it doesn't, who cares, right? So, All right. Let's get to this main event. Gagard Musasi, your Bellator middleweight champion, defeats Rory McDonald at 3.23 of the second round via TKO. Um, it was a mauling. It was a mauling. It was not close. This might even be Gegard's easiest fight in a long time. Uh, He entered this contest, of course. I mean, Shlomenko gave him a much tougher fight, right? Shlomenko busted him up real good. Um, He entered this contest on a pretty great win streak, right? So since losing to Uriah Hall in 2015, uh, he has won 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 in a row. Those wins include Talos Leites, Tiago Santos, uh, Vitor Belfour, Uriah Hall, Chris Weidman, Alexander Shlemenko, Rafael Carvalho, and Rory McDonald. All of them come by way of stoppage, except for Talos Laitis and Shlemenko. but he still won those via unanimous decision or whatever you want to make of the Shlemenko win. Uh, it was easy for him. I mean, he took one, I think, overhand right, but otherwise he was fine. The jab was pumping. It was quick. It was accurate. He would throw it and move right afterwards, or he would... Um, throw it and then anticipate a move and then he would throw the right hand as McDonald moved away from it to the inside and and uh, it just looked to me like um, Musasi had his number. Now what's kind of funny about this is when this fight was announced, everyone was... What the hell is this? Uh, yeah. When this fight was announced, everyone was like, oh my god, this fight is amazing because we all love super fights. We all love title holder versus title holder anybody who is a listener of my radio show and in fact if you want to try Sirius XM for 30 free days you can do so there's a description uh there's a link in the description box below I made a point I was like well look I don't think it's a bad fight by any stretch I'm not against it I, I appreciate the uh, Bellator getting out there and trying something but I'm not sure I understand what the hoopla is about because um it's not that I think uh Guard is like, oh my god, he's such a better fighter than McDonald. But let's assume best case scenario, right? Best case scenario, McDonald is super technical in virtually every area, has his own deficiencies, but really has a lot of different ways to win and is a credentialed, experienced, well-rounded fighter. So is Musasi. So then it comes down to size, and then the size is fairly considerable. Um, I think that played a part to me in the guard slicing, but... The point being is, what was the big hoopla about? The hoopla was you thought, well, it'd be competitive because maybe McDonald can rise to the occasion. And I still think, obviously, he's still the welterweight champion, right? He didn't lose much doing this, um, other than uh, the beating he took in the end. I guess what I'm saying is, not that this was utterly predictable, because that's not quite right, but that I thought some pause was owed here. I thought that this was people were a little too excited about it when they didn't necessarily need to be in terms of how competitive it, I thought it would be in the end, that it would be this this not competitive actually kind of surprised me. So as I mentioned before, Musashi sticking behind the jab, finding the cross as, Musashi fade, uh, as McDonald faded into it, uh, stuffing to take down before it ever really got started. The imanari roll was interesting, but tricks like that don't really work on Musasa. He he read it the whole time. Found his way into full guard, and he was even putting his hands on the mat, and then still finding his ways to punch or strike on the inside controlling with frames and then using the frames to land elbows so that even if uh, you saw one upa sweep attempt from mcdonald which got shut down completely and then if you try for the upa sweep and then they force their way the other way then you can try for the plata, which i think you saw mcdonald spin for no dice so both of those didn't go anywhere it was just you know it was big bank take a little bank it was not (laughs) it was it was uh musashi looked awesome he looked really, really, really sharp, man. This was a good fight for him. Everything he's good at was on display for the most part in terms of fight IQ, veteran experience, good jab, overall good kickboxing, good diverse striking arsenal, good choice of strikes, um, good ground and pound, like the whole night. And then to me, man, when they went to the ground and then he drove... So the, so the, here's how it works in jiu-jitsu, right? For standing... And um, you know, or grip fighting, or or whatever, collar tying. If it's if it's no gi, um, what are people doing? I don't know. Sending me weird tweets. Um, the way the way it works is if you, if I'm anticipating a guard pull from you, and there's, and there's ways to anticipate this. If I'm, at, I'm not saying this is a guard pull per se, but let's just use guard pulling as an example. If I'm anticipating a guard pull from you, right, and I'm watching the pull then happen in real time because I'm prepared for it, I'm, I've practiced this, I'm ready, for, I, I'm dialed in, that when you begin to drop and pull, um, I want to stick a knee through, right, so that when we go to the ground and we've reached the ground, I've already got one knee through your guard. Now I can drive that knee to the ground. Um, I can then, there's all different kinds of passes. And you'll notice what he did was he got one leg out and then he did the three quarter mount bit where I've got one leg through and I got one leg tied up. Well, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna control the head and I'm gonna push this knee down and I'm gonna drive my knee to the outside and then just yank it through, right? Cause once, once, once a knee touches the ground, everything else can usually follow with it. Not necessarily, but there's, there's, you know, there's technique involved, but that's really what you're looking for. And that's what he used. Um, but the difference is if you just pull guard and then we go to the ground, now I have to pass all the way from full, right? It's much more work. It's much easier to pass guard or get to Mount or whatever, if in the act of pulling or in the act of a takedown or in the act of that transition, I drive a knee through so that when we hit the ground, the knees already there. Now, Pardon me. Now, much of the work has already been accomplished. Musasi did that, right? I mean, this is what I'm talking about. These fine details. He has them all at every moment you need to have them. So go back and look at the tape and how he got his knee in there. He did it right in transition and to her credit. So did Carrie Melendez. Although Carrie Melendez wasn't fighting an opponent at the level of skill of Rory McDonald, but you get the idea. Like, pretty, pretty impressive. Then he, as I mentioned before, drives the knee to the ground, goes all the way out. Wraps the head because if I can control your hip and I can control your head, what can I control? You wraps it, drives the knee over, pulls his knee out, and then goes all the way to mount. He shredded his guard, like it was nothing. Like it was nothing. That was a very, very fast pass. And as he was going for three quarter, I thought for sure that was going to be a moment when uh, uh, McDonald would would you know um, get a hit, get a forearm across the hip. A hand in the knee and use that to shrimp and then turn back in, and he didn't. And I think for a couple of reasons. One, I think the speed of the attack of Musasi probably caught him by surprise. And honestly, I think he was just stronger than him. Just stronger than him. This is what I'm talking about. Like, against an opponent his own size and strength, would McDonald have stuffed that easier? I don't know. I mean, I'm just speculating here, but I, I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think he probably would have gotten that a little bit better. But against Musasi and the way he was moving. That was just what it was. So, uh, you know, and once he got there, God, he was just putting a beat on him. Um, uh, McDonald was bleeding from the nose, and and he was trying to cover up. And those must have been hellacious shots. And that's a nice tight mount that Musasi has developed. He used to have a mount that was a little bit uh, a little bit looser, and he would, he would use it to ride position, which all guys do. This is much more of a shutdown mount where you are riding the position but in the way where um, there's a lot less time for the opponent to wiggle underneath because A, it's much tighter control. And in that tighter control is coming severe damage on top with the ground and pound. And so therefore your ability to just manipulate underneath has been um, you know pr- pr- pretty severely compromised. What do you want me to say, man? That was a phenomenal performance, uh, A to Z, from Musashi. He, he took barely any shots. He exerted not a whole lot of energy. He showed extraordinary well rounded skill, defensive IQ, as I mentioned, veteran savvy, good decision making. Fantastic. Fantastic. He was talking about, he's he's now worried about drug testing. I'm like, bro, you went to Bellator. Like, this ain't the place to bellyache <laughs> um, about that. You know, I'm not sure how much you're, you know, I mean, we're talking about commission testing, right? Like, you, just, you know, that's what you signed up for. So um, we'll see how things go. It, it, it um, Here's what I'll say about the larger scheme of things about champ versus champ fights, and I wrote this on Twitter. Number one, this should give you some great praise for the guys like Hendo, DC, McGregor. You know, Hendo was the Pride double, double, uh, double champ, DC double champ, McGregor double champ. She and there's other ones too, but those should give you some real pause and 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 praise for those guys. And also, man, I really, I mean, how do you not a, 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 a totally? A, um, a, Absolutely admire the guts of someone like Rory McDonald, but at the same time, he keeps signing up for these challenges that, you know, they they take a heavy toll, and um, he's taking a lot of damage. Uh, He's still in his 20s. Um, I don't think this was the worst beating he's ever took by uh, even, a. I mean, compared to the Lawler fight, it's nothing, but maybe he broke his nose again. We'll see. He was certainly bleeding from it, and, you know, I, I worry about that a little bit. I do. I worry about that a little bit. I don't know what to say, except I, I, I hope he has a longer career and he can do you know, do what he wants with this. But, man, he's taking on some tough fights. And he has to go from this to the Welterweight Grand Prix. Like, fuck, man. That is a tough back-to-back, a very tough back-to-back to say nothing of the weight manipulation and all the other challenges involved merely with changing weight classes or um, that sort of thing. Anyway, congrats to Gagard Mousasi. He looked phenomenal. He looked ridiculously good. He might be the best middleweight on earth. So, you know, I don't I don't I don't look at this as like, wow, Rory McDonald is not who we thought he was. Yes, he is. He's a super awesome fighter. He just went up against somebody who was even better. And so, like, you might be asking, well, what was the difference between McGregor and DC and Hendo? Three obvious examples. Hendo was just on fire, I think. Um, number one, and I think his power really translated well up a weight class. McGregor probably always belonged at lightweight and really is a star performer on a big night. Keep that in mind for future reference. And DC had a career at heavyweight before going um, back to heavyweight. You know, for me, this was just Rory trying to take on an incredible challenge. And again, how do you not admire that? Of course you admire that. But in the end, it, was, it just seemed like it was way too much, way too much. He got beat um, basically everywhere, right? He got beat. Where, where, where did he win that fight? Uh, nowhere. Nowhere. He got beat thoroughly. So, tough night for Rory McDonald, but, you know, uh, he's got John Fitch. I think that was really smart of Bellator to give him a guy who, not necessarily easy, but not in his prime and has a wrestling skill set that won't, probably won't, you never know, probably won't exact a heavy toll on him, um, in terms of physical punishment and, uh, Good way to get back on the winning track If something went wrong on this night Which of course it did So shouts to Musashi What a what a ridiculous champion he is Right. Takes us to our co-main event Quentin Jackson taking on Vandalay Silva This one ended at 4.32 of the second round You know people were clowning on this one And I had said is this the Vasquez Marquez of MMA And folks were like oh my god it's not even close And I'm like did y'all see the last two Vasquez Marquez fights Did you see the last one Yo, those guys looked fucked up by the time they rolled into the ring. Uh, whose Whose eye was it? Was it Vasquez's eye that was barely even hanging on at that point? At least Vanderlay and Quentin's faces are still stuck to their skulls. I mean, it's not you know to, to okay if it's not the best comparison, then fine, it's not the best comparison. But to act like that's some hollowed ground, yo, when those guys were at the end of their rivalry, they were they were corpses being dragged in there like it was fucking weekend at Bernie's. So don't act like it's some kind of, you know, oh, this is hollowed, sanctified territory. Yeah, their fucking faces were falling off, right? Let's just be clear about that. So whatever comparison you want to make to it, it's just really rare in MMA you see guys fight four times. Um, Sometimes you see weird things like that on the regional scene where guys have like a bitter local rivalry. But in the big time, you'll see uh, obviously a lot of rematches. You'll see the occasional trilogy. A four-fight history between two guys is really really rare. Um, they seem to be over their original source of beef. Um, Vanderlei didn't look to be in tremendous shape. Quinton did not look to be in tremendous shape, but it was a style that fed into both guys' wheelhouses, so to speak. Um, Quinton has big power. Uh, went after the fight. I thought Vandalay... It was kind of what you thought. Like, Quentin would lead. He had the more accurate punching. He had essentially the better boxing. And Vandalay would have these moments of rage and chaos that would have to force Rampage to deal with it. And then in the end, um, you know, skills win fights, and he's the more skilled, and he's certainly the bigger fighter, right? And the more naturally big fighter, too, a la Musasi versus McDonald. So I think that paid off. Folks are like, oh, I never want to see that again. Yeah, fine. I don't need to see it either again. It's You know, it's not... I'm not I'm not dying to see it, but it was just always kills me when like you make an MMA comparison to boxing and boxing <laughs> and boxing fans treat like all their trilogies like by the time the third or fourth or even fifth fight happened, you know, like, this was still some, you know, this is uh, you know, I don't know, um some sort of religious occasion between two sanctified figures. Yeah, maybe it is, but when those fuckers were in there, they were, you know, put together with Super glue and KT tape You know Who the fuck are you fooling um, Anyway Good win for Quentin Jackson um, I, I can't have not Kept up with his record Obviously he lost to Chael Sonnen Before this And then before that Had lost to Mohamed Lawal God I forgot that Jesus And before that Had previously beaten uh, Satoshi Ishi, Fabio Maldonado Mo, back in 2014, I was there for that one. And then Christian Mpumbu. So he gets back on the winning track. 38-13 and 13 he is. Evens the score at two apiece. And then Vandaly Silva moves to, God, he's had a rough run of it, right? He's lost two in a row. He beat Brian Stan in 2013. Took four years off, basically. Came back and lost to Chael Sonnen and then lost to Quentin Jackson. So he is in, he hasn't won in five years, um, It's That's a bit of a long, that's BJ Penn territory, right? No, BJ Penn's in eight-year territory, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think, I don't think he's won since 2010. So, um, take that for what it's worth. Uh, Douglas Lima. Wow, man. Wow. What do you want to say about this guy? He might be the high performer of the night, and that's saying something. Defeating Andre Koreshkov at rear naked choke, 304 of the fifth round. I have so much respect for Douglas Lima. You want to talk about a guy who... Um, if you if you had to rank guys on who is the most talented and gets the least amount of dap for it, who gets the least amount of credit for it, uh, wh- who would you put in there? And there's some names you could put in there. That's fine. Douglas Lima is on the short list, man. What a talented fighter. Golly. He is just so good. And he continues to get better. And he does so quietly, man. And I have been at these press junkets. And he doesn't necessarily have... You know, people ask him, like, he gets the big interviews, but people you know he's not necessarily like the longest lines or anything and he knows that too like it's not some kind of insult he he's not a guy who you know look he's friendly um he'll answer what you ask him he's a professional right he's a, he is Douglas Lima is a professional and uh and we'll share details about his life you know um But in the end, that's not really what he's built for. He's built for getting in the gym, and he's a fucking martial artist, man. He gets in there and just absolutely works on the big picture of his game, on the nuts and bolts of his game. He keeps his head down. When have you ever seen him complain about his treatment? When have you ever heard about, oh, my God, did you hear the latest Douglas Lima gym problem? Never, dude. There's no drama with this guy. There's no beef with this guy. I'm sure that, you know, like everybody else, he's uh, an imperfect creature in this world, and I'm sure he's made mistakes, and people have made mistakes against him, but you just don't hear about any of that stuff. He just gets in there and fights and gets better. And if you looked at the history of his uh, fights with Koreshkov, the the way there was two ways to look at this, and I got this one wrong. Um, the Masasi fight I thought was a fairly easy call, but this one I got wrong. So I got, I, you know. Um, Here's why I got this one wrong. Because when you looked at the... This being the third fight between them. If you looked at all the rounds... It, um, and all the time they had spent fighting prior to tonight... You would say... Koreshkov is clearly the better fighter. Now he got... Flatlined in their last contest. But it was at... You know... Almost like a Hail Mary shot. So you can't discount it. It matters. It, 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 it Hell. It won Lima the fight. But... Over the course of time, in the first fight and in the second fight, like, over over that amount of time, who put it on the other guy? And the answer was pretty clearly Koreshkov. But you did see, like, hints of improvement, for sure, in the second fight. And then in this one, you just saw tremendous growth. I really kind of thought in certain ways, even though this wasn't for a title, and I realized it was for the uh, quarterfinals of the Grand Prix, I just saw a totally mature performance. My God, dude, what an athlete Douglas Lima is. His balance in the takedown defense. He was finding the underhook on the appropriate side. So like if someone's trying to go for this leg, Right, they want to take down my right leg. You want to drive, depending on their grip, but usually you want to drive the far sides. I want to get my left and pull that up and over, and then I can fire in the right side. If you just pull the right side, they can then switch to a head outside single, or or even a head inside single, just a lot of things you can do. You want to pull them over and across your body a little bit. And he just did it effortlessly, his balance and all the takedowns when he was getting body lock lifted, he landed on his feet. yeah, the, the leg kick was working. I think Koreshkov was surprised at the fighter. That was not the fighter he had fe- previously faced. Douglas Lee, my man, just just a credit to fighters everywhere. That is what that guy is. Yeah, He is just a credit to fighters everywhere. Anybody who's a real fighter or a real fan of fighting looks at that guy and goes, that's how it's done. Now, there's better guys than him, for sure, but that's basically how it's done. That's That's how you do it. Um, good cardio, good composure, good, again, veteran experience, and just a developed game. This What you're looking at with Musasi was like super refined. What you're seeing with Douglas Lima is still major revolutions and changes and adaptations and growth. Uh, I thought the takedown defense was phenomenal. That, that, that low kick he's been working on, it gave Rory McDonald all kinds of problems. It gave Koreshkov a bunch of problems tonight as well, and... And look, his jujitsu has been good for a long time. You know, he couldn't submit Ben Askren with it, but Ben Askren had to deal with it back when it wasn't even as good as it is now and finding his way to the back and then sinking in the choke. And that choke, man, you know, he, he is just, he. I just have so much respect for a guy. It's like, let me try and fight this guy. Oh, I lost. Let me try and fight him again. Okay, I won, but it was a little dicey there. And then come out and say, you know what, I win cleanly the third timeout, cleanly, no doubt about it, no issues, nothing, amazing, tremendous, tremendous talent in Douglas Lima, and Koreshkov's still a really good fighter, you know, Um, he didn't look bad by any stretch, but he's a little one note in his aggressiveness, he's just constantly doing it, you know, and you can kind of, build attacks and responses to it and I think that's what you saw a little bit with Lima. Lima knew the takedown attempt was going to be there. Lima knew the body lock was going to be there. Lima knew he would be there for the leg kick. He would kind of knew like there's just going to be this wave after wave after wave of this guy. Let's build some some defensive stabilization and let's build some responses to it. And it was a phenomenal game plan. And to win, you know, real late like that in a five-round fight, earned it. Douglas Lima has never been gifted anything. Anything. Anything that guy has gotten, he has earned the hard way. I could not have more respect for Douglas Lima. I really mean that. And he went to apparently my rival high school. Uh, I graduated from Marietta High School in Marietta, Georgia, which is a, you know, this is not a place you need to visit. And he went to a place um, down the street, past the big chicken. If anybody knows Marietta, he went to Wheeler, I believe. and uh, Which is where Sharif Abdurrahim went as well. Anyway, um, you know, I could even be petty if I wanted to, but I shan't. Uh, just a vicious, vicious win by Douglas Lima. Phenomenal squeeze, phenomenal passing, phenomenal back-taking, control. He's a fighter's fighter. All right, that takes us to Aaron Pico defeating Leandro Ego at 319 of the first round. I wrote this on Twitter. You can look it all up. I'm not making it up. I thought by far that was the most uh, interesting fight on the card. And you could say, oh my God, more important or more interesting than Lima versus Koreshkov? That's debatable. Certainly a matter of interpretation. More interesting, Luke, than Musasi versus McDonald? And I think most people would disagree with me there. But in retrospect, um, and even then, you could still disagree. But I thought that Pico versus Ego was for sure the most interesting. And the reason why is as follows. Number one, promotions... Or, if anything, get accused of protecting guys. They get accused of um, shielding prospects. And, you know, oh, here's our cash Let's <coughs> <coughs> Pardon me. Let's not give him a tough fight to make sure that, you know, our money train stays where it stays. And Bellator has done anything but that. Zach Freeman nearly popping his head off with a guillotine. And his first fight was a testament to that. But he came out and looked phenomenal in three contests. And then he's three and one. And he takes on a guy at the time now eighteen and five, but before eighteen and four in Leandro Ego. Yo, Leandro Ego is a very good fighter, a very good fighter, and one of these fighters who loses to like the very, very best guy, but gives everybody else real problems. So like he lost to Darian Caldwell pretty quickly, and I think he lost to Dauntis. But okay, the Dauntis fight was close. Uh, the one the the loss to. Uh, um, Caldwell was not, but the the Dantas fight was close, right? So, if I'm remembering that right, I believe I am. Uh, yeah, it was a split decision, that's right. Um, and, um, and so I thought to myself, man, not only are they not protecting this guy, I got like a real like, I mean, th- these guys are saying he's the next big thing. Well, maybe he is, you know, but... Jesus Christ, like, it's one thing to go from guys with no Wikipedia entries to freaking Leandro Ego. It's a major, 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 major jump. For your fifth pro MMA fight, you're fighting fucking guys like that? I, you know, I wasn't here to say that the guys who are saying he was good were wrong, but, um, I don't know. I, I it's, it's a huge jump. It's a monumental jump. It's like middle school to, you know college or something for athletics. It was like a major, major leap. And I was like, well, let's see if he can do it. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Aaron Pico, we need, there's still so many questions left, right? Like, what are his deficiencies? Because he has some. And how much more can his offensive and his um, defensive strengths improve? Because they will. But to me, when you're beating guys, if if you are in your fifth pro fight, and you're beating guys like Leandro Ego, we're talking about territory like this might be the best prospect since John Jones in MMA. And I know folks are like, oh my God, I don't believe this comparison. You can believe it or not, man. You can debate it all you want. I'm not sure who you could put ahead of that. You're talking about as credentialed an opponent as you could basically, in before a commission would step in and say, you shouldn't be doing this. I mean, that is a major jump. And not only did he win, he won at 319 in the first round. He rolled through, Ego. It wasn't very competitive at all. You could have stopped that fight long before the 319 mark. Fuck, you could have stopped that somewhere in the two-minute mark. Um, This was a shellacking. I mean, he got a couple of right hands through, and he showed good composure, Ego did. But that was basically one-way traffic from Aaron Pico. He got in his face from the moment the bell sounded. Again, he's still working through some issues, but more or less put the punches where he wanted to, when he wanted to, and how he wanted to. Backed him up, got him against the fence, and when he did, he bombed on him. Aaron Pico has some of the most committed, vicious body shots that I think I've ever seen in all of uh, mixed martial arts. Like People throw nice body shots. People throw better body shots than him. But who is consistently trying to absolutely punch through your liver, especially with that left hand like he does? as much as Aaron Pico, hardly anybody. Um, And the fact that in your fifth fight, you're fighting a guy with 20 plus pro fights who's a title contender guy, like it is shocking, a shocking level of skill and development. I'm telling you, man, you know, I don't think that Aaron Pico is tomorrow a household star. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, holy shit, man, this might be your next big guy. And like, and I made this point about Habib, and I made this point about John Jones too. You know, a lot of people, like, love someone's title reign. I like someone's title reign, too, when it lasts a long time, right? But to me, the most exciting time in a fighter's career is when they're making that climb to the title. And it's like, can he do it? Can he do it? Can he do it? And then they keep doing it, and you just can't believe what you're looking at. That is, that is, um, that's that moment where you're like, golly, that is just so spectacular. And that appears to be the path that he's on. He was talking about contending for a title in that featherweight division, um, within a year, I don't see how the, I don't see any other way around it at this point. Now, you know, how things are going to go with McKee and, you know, God only know, and, 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 and Caldwell, I don't know. I mean, we're going to have to see, I mean, we'll call was on Bantamweight, but we'll see how things go if he jumps up a weight class and I don't know. I don't know how things are going to go, but that is bananas, bananas to consider, right? Bananas. Um, what a win for that guy. Incredible. That was, to me, I was like, if he can beat Leandro Higo, folks, look the fuck out. That is another level of ability that you're looking at. And he did it without even barely breaking a sweat. As I mentioned, Kerry Melendez defeating Dakota Zimmerman. That had a split decision, 29-28, 28-29, 29-28. The only thing that was kind of weird is if you're sitting on your heels and you're upright like Kerry Melendez was and your opponent is wrapped around your head and your waist, and you sit up like that, and now you're sitting back, that's real dangerous. You can get upa-sweeped at that point. If you can wrap behind the arm, and then you plant the far side leg, and you roll to some side, she could have been upa-sweeped a number of times. In fact, you saw her kind of do it and then resist. Melendez did. And remember at the very end of that, you saw uh, Zimmerman trying to lock up a triangle? It's because she goes upa, Melendez resists, so she goes the other way and tries to get a triangle. It didn't work in the end because she ran out of time. But it's like you got to be a, don't if you're if someone's trying to grab onto you and they got a collar tie, do not sit up and sit on your heels because they're gonna upa sweep you or use the upa to set up something else. Uh, and then Gaston Bolanos taking on Isidro Gutierrez, taking on uh, let's see TKO punches at one thirty seven in the second round. Bolanos looks to be like uh, a very legitimate prospect in that featherweight division, clean striking. Good movement, totally calm, really calm and like in the moment and finding his places um, uh, and, you know, folding ultimately Gutierrez and and, and uh, putting it away. So nice win by him. Uh, Adam Piccolati defeating James Terry. I didn't see that contest because that was from Da prelims on Da Zone. Uh, last point about this, if you want to get a question in, do so by dropping a little cash. You can just drop in like a buck on the Super Chat. Always appreciate it when you do. Um, what do you guys think about zone? How was your experience Let me know in the comments I'd be curious to hear As I mentioned I heard it every which way Some people loved it Some people hated it Some people thought it was amazing Some people thought it sucked I had a uh, very good experience Of Bellator 205 I had a uh, mostly fine experience With the Joshua Pivetkin fight It got kind of blurry But it never really I never really um, buffered With like the rotating thing in the middle and then this one sucked. It was terrible. It was a constant problem to the point where I was like a, a minute behind. Um, <laughs> the uh, I mean, I didn't have an illegal stream up, but let's say I did have an illegal stream up. That was like a minute ahead. So I was like, "What is happening with my goddamn um, feed here?" Anyway, so the zone has some issues to work out. I don't know if that's an ISP issue that I was having or or what, but it did not. I did not, and I had a hardline connection today with, um, you know, or the gigabit internet speed, so I don't know what the problem was. Um, I thought Big John did a great job in the calling of the ego fight in in the sense of, like, you know, people people ask me, did I think that the stoppage was late? Yeah, of course I thought the stoppage was late, but um, not late as I've usually seen it, and, you know, you need referees to criticize other referees, and I know that has to be uncomfortable, I say it to all the time, like people are like, oh, give me advice. How do I get into MMA journalism? Here's a great piece of advice. Yo, this is not the friend-making business. It's not the enemy-making business either, but making enemies and getting people pissed at you is an inevitable consequence. If you want to be in a place in this world where you tell the truth and you're honest about it, It's not go- it, the truth is not popular. It's not. People think it's popular. It's super not popular. Um, you're going to piss people off doing it. And so... I'm sure, I'm sure that John McCarthy is going to have problems addressing that the way he did. Or, you know, if he he didn't this time, he will the next. But it's important that folks hear the facts. It's important that folks hear the reality. So I was glad he said it. And frankly, it's like that's where he has the most knowledge to uh, bring to the table, right? So you want to hear that kind of thing. All right, let's go to your questions here. What do you think overall of the Dazen, Dazen, Dazen? um, Dazn experience, I thought it was fantastic. Man, it will really depend on where you're from and what you had. I- I'm I'm confident that over time this will be an issue that goes away. I've got YouTube TV. I almost never have those issues. Fight Pass can be a little dicey here and there for me, but basically fine. Uh, what else do I use? Um, I use Sling. I don't ever have a problem with Sling. Like nothing. So. I know this can be done, and I know they will get it done, but the early going is for sure they've got some work to do. So it says Diaz, one, two, and five. They paid two bucks to tell me that. It's like, all right, if you say so. Rory versus Gagard was skilled little man versus skilled big man. With that said, where do you think Gagard ranks all time in the middleweight division? That's a much bigger and broader question. All time ranks for middleweight. Um, you know Silva's probably your best one. I would say um, you know top five probably, probably right. I mean, easily top ten. I have to. Th- I'd really have to think about that one. These questions about like where does he rank all time is pretty important. It's the the question you have to ask yourself is how much does a fight like this buttress his resume? Um, probably not a whole lot. It it it, it will in a sense of how good he looked. But in the end, it's like you do have to remind yourself: yes, McDonald is an incredible tactician and skilled fighter; he's the champion one weight class down. But there's a big—that's a 15-pound gap, man. It's a big gap, and um, and it showed. If Habib dominates Connor, is it Connor's last fight in the octagon? I don't think so. Thanks for all the content. Really enjoyed his post-fight chats. Buy yourself a proper 12 and review it on air. I'm trying to. If I can find the goddamn whiskey, I will. I will do that. Um, so thank you for the, the donation and the question. 20 bucks, Jesus Christ. What are the chances we see Aaron Pico in the UFC? How do you, uh, how do fighters weigh what the two promotions offer? Other than Alvarez and Brooks, it seems more and more fighters are leaving the UFC for or Well, it will depend on what they can do for Pico. It will depend on what Pico wants for himself. Whether he believes he's getting the appropriate level of compensation and, and, and frankly, um, challenges. A guy like that, I wonder um, if he wouldn't want to look across and and ask himself, "Is the grass greener really on the other side?" Um, because he just has such an incredible upside. But at the same time, you know, these fighters also believe, to their credit, in loyalty f- by, by and large. Um, for me, it wouldn't hurt my feelings if he left. It wouldn't hurt if he stayed. You know, whatever he thought was best. I would say that here, here's what to answer the question. Um, here's what I would say. Relative to the average elite competitor in Bellator, I would rate his chances of moving somewhere else as higher than most. Um, just because he's so young, he has such an upside, and he might feel like on another platform he could really, you know, he could really become something special. But we don't know what's going to happen with the UFC when they go to ESPN. Are they going to continue to suffer decline? Will it be just a wash in the end? Will Viacom really get behind this guy and make him something special? There's just a lot of different ways to to evaluate that. So it's, it's, um, it's hard to say right now. Hard to say right now. But I would say, given someone in his position, a little bit higher. A little bit higher. Uh, someone says, Tenshin Nasukawa or The Gooch, who you got? I will go with, given the nature of the bout itself, I will go with uh, Nasukawa. Because he is a generational talent. Yes, he is. Uh, all right. If you've got any other questions, let me know. I'll give you like a 10 count here. And then we can get on with it. Uh, by the way, guys, like I mentioned before, like the video, subscribe. The subscriptions have been great this month. Can't thank you enough. MMA Hour is going to be on MMA Fighting on Monday. We're going to have a bunch of good guests. we got four locked up, I think, already. So that should be kind of fun. I uh, hope you guys are... Enjoy my transition. By the way, I'm going to bring back the Monday Morning Analyst with me as the analyst. So that should be a lot of fun. Um, be on the lookout for that. Alright? Should be a good time. I think that's all we got for today. Hope you guys enjoyed. Oh, here's one last one. Jesus Christ, you guys are giving good money. Should Rampage take another fight? If so, should it only be against a fighter around his age? The answer is yes and yes. I, I think you can still keep Rampage around. People still want to see him compete under the right circumstances. He obviously can compete... In a relatively decent fashion, but if it's not somebody in that masters division, unofficial masters, what is the point, right? So, like, what, what, like for example, what would be the point of Ryan Bader two with Rampage? You just get the same thing as Bader versus Rampage one. There's no point to that. Bader should be fighting guys in their prime who are really trying to make divisional noise. Rampage is on the senior circuit at this point, which is I don't say pejoratively; it's just a reality, and. I still think you can do that. So you keep that up, I don't have much of an issue, at least for now. Um, but anything more than that, I couldn't imagine what the point is. Got a question? Email me, LukeThomasNews at gmail.com. All the links are in the description box. I do 15 hours of radio a week on SiriusXM. Go check out the, uh, check that out. I got merch. It's outdated. I got some new merch coming. I got some merch. I got freaking Beta Academy links. I got uh, MMA Hour stuff, uh, emails, Luke Thomas I mean, I got everything. I got everything. So I'm going to call that a day. I appreciate you guys so much for watching. Thank you. Enjoy your Sunday. I'll see you guys on Monday on MMA Fighting. And until then, stay, no, get some sleep.